Today's podcast is brought to you by Camper Kings. When you have the freedom to choose, where will you go? Hiring a camper van from Camper Kings means you've just bought a ticket to adventure. Camper Kings offer a stunning range of quirky camper vans and luxury motorhomes with modern and stylish features, providing you with a safe staycation escape. Adventure awaits at camperkings.co.uk and you can follow them on Instagram at camperkings underscore UK. For Across the Park listeners only, there's a free bottle of champagne and free insurance when you quote Across the Park. Welcome to Across the Park podcast, a football podcast on both Everton and Liverpool Football Club, hosted and produced by a group of friends from both sides of the park. We pride ourselves in bringing you the very best conversation from the ongoing matters at both clubs, providing banter and debate. We also release regular specials with guests connected to both clubs providing insights and interviews never heard before. The back catalogue of these shows is available on our website, acrosstheparkpodcast.co.uk. Don't forget to hit subscribe to Across the Park Podcast on your favourite listening app and please give us a follow on our social media. Head over to Instagram or Twitter and search at Across the Park PC or Facebook, search Across the Park. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hello, welcome to episode 32 of Across the Park podcast season 2021. On the blue side of the park, myself, Ian Mills and Gary Judge. On the red side of the park, Terry McGiven and Gary Murray. I always start my intro by saying lots to cover. Absolutely lots to cover. We're going to get right into it. Terry, 48 hours ago, it became quite clear that Liverpool, along with five other English clubs, are looking to join the European Super League, we've heard lots of possible implications, no more Champions League, possibly no more Premier League, Jürgen Klopp spoke, there's rumours today Jordan Henderson wants to get the, the Premier League captains together to talk about it, but 48 hours now of this constant, as a Liverpool supporter, where do you stand on it? Well, I mean, as a Liverpool supporter, no doubt about it, I'm not for it. In, in like in the format proposed, in the way it was delivered, the way it, the news came out, the way there's been no consultation of fans, I've got nothing. There's nothing that I can get on board with. There's nothing like where I can go. You know, maybe there's bits of merit to to to, to how it's gone about or what's going on. So as a Liverpool fan, to sum up my feelings, and, and obviously we we'll get into the detail, but to just literally, you want one sentence off me and my feelings, the mask has slipped. You know, and and I've defended the FSG in the past, and I think they've generally. In all honesty, you know the Blues will probably laugh because we have it with our mates, don't we? But I think they've genuinely been good owners up to this point, and I think they've made mistakes, but they've took them back and rolled it back and sorted it and got past it, and and we can live with it. You know, it happens in in in, in football, but I think with this one, you know, the sort of naked, shameless greed of it, and and you know the way that they've gone about it, it's it's just sneaky, and I think. I think they're done for Liverpool fans now. Okay, well, Judge, I wanted to ask, we'll get into FSG with, with Gary. It's easier for them to criticise FSG as owners than it is for us. They're not our owners. We can look at it a little bit more from the outside. We're connected to Liverpool through rivalries, but a little bit more on the outside. For me, I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing. I think a life without Liverpool could be good, but then I think we'll, we'll miss everything I enjoyed growing up with that, that rivalry and everything this podcast is about. Where do you stand on it looking in from the outside? Looking in as a, as a football fan, um, <clears throat> you know, from from a, a banter a banter point of view, it's it's well 
you know, well publicised that we haven't qualified for the Champions League. So you can, look, you can whatever our opinion is, you can always go. Well, you're being bitter because you're not part of that elite, and you haven't been welcomed to the table, if you will. But the beauty of the game at whatever level you stand at, whether it's non-league, whether it's Sunday League, whether it's the Premier League or the Champions League, is every team, you know, within reason, is there on merit. We've never qualified for the Champions League because we've never finished high enough in the league table. Even that, you know, the the, the the season that we failed to qualify via the the qualifiers because we didn't finish theirs. If we'd have finished theirs, we'd have been in there anyway. So that's the wherever you sit on it, and I know there's a lot said about greed and about money, and this obviously is a is a is a big example of that. You can't deny that the teams that play in them competitions play there based on the fact that you know they've they've been successful. Um, you know, there've been examples of of teams in every single league. You know, look at Rebel Leipzig, I know they've they've had money behind them, but they've climbed, you know, climbed up up the leagues. You've had Wolves in recent seasons who, who've come up. You, you know, you've had teams like Man City again, money rolls, but have, have dropped down the leagues, come back up. Leeds United last night done it the right way. They're, they're going the right direction to move towards that top six. Who's to say, based on the progress that they've made, that the likes of Bielsa, you know, Bielsa's leads in, in a season or two wouldn't be competing for Champions yeah. League places? That that news or the potential of what's been proposed throws all that out the window. It basically says that there's two footballs now. There's this football that's being proposed, and then there's the football for everyone else. Um, and I wouldn't, you know, from this podcast point of view and from my my point, of view, I I wouldn't, as I've no feelings towards Liverpool. They wouldn't even be a football team to me. They'd be a franchise yeah. It's like yeah. exhibition club yeah almost, exactly it's entertainment it's like mm-hmm. WWE almost it's like we're deciding what the outcome's going to be before it is before it happens in the interest of money <laughs> that's literally what it'd become and uh, you know I enjoy the rivalry even even when it doesn't go well it, it's like you know the emotion and all everything that goes with football and whatever level you sit at you know you, you've got to respect those teams that that are up there because of the entertainment value and, and the top players you know it's it, it it hurts me to be honest it hurts me to 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 think that there's things that have gone on behind closed doors um, and conversations that have gone on and and the the most important people the fans the people that have put these teams on this pedestal have not been consulted not been involved the players you know the people who've 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 earned the millions billions for these owners have not even been considered. The managers, we've seen it with Jürgen Klopp last night, whatever you think about Jürgen Klopp, he says it himself. He went, the owners are nice people. Uh, you know, I've got a lot of time for what they've done for this club, but he couldn't condone the the, the potential of, of this, you know, of this coming off. So, yeah, that, that that's that's where I sit. And, and, and the mad thing is, I think, like, you know, Gary Neville and, and Carragher put it so passionately last night, and everyone has said... There's very few people who doesn't who don't see it that way. It's, it's um, yeah. It's like, yeah. It's like there's a, a loads of superpowers or people that are acting, you know, independently. Who've just took it upon themselves to try and rip the game apart. People don't like that in any walk of life, do they? When, when football no. and like us as fans, you put so much into caring for your club and caring how successful they are. You look at the scenes we got. Loads of questions, not to bring it up on the celebrations last year, Liverpool fans, and it's because they care so much about winning that Premier League title and something attacks the integrity of that. That's where all its reactions come from, in my in my opinion. 
Yeah, it, it's a bit like um, and and, and it, I don't want to make this a political thing, but it's almost like the whole NHS thing, isn't it? You know, when mm. the idea of the NHS being privatized and and look, I'm not going to stay with say which side I stand on that because it, it is, it, it's a it's a different subject. But when you when you try to meddle with with something that people see as being a part of their DNA and and something that's kind of as as define them so you know we look at it from the the care sides of things everyone's as a member of their family who's been looked after by the nhs at some moments in time hasn't it so nothing unites the people or divides them or you know like me- messing with something that they're yeah, like totemic so parts yeah. of their yeah. life yeah, yeah things yeah. that they really sort of mainstays like mm. foundational parts of their and life re- and la- like social life and, and regardless like. of and regardless of what like the reasons are behind it. If you're not consulted in that whatsoever, or you feel as though people are making decisions that are going to impact massively on your life and, and, and are going to mean that generations to follow are not going to benefit from the same things that you have, then it, it does, you know, it, it provokes a certain reaction, doesn't it? And and that's the, the reaction I feel. I feel really personally offended yeah. by the way that these people have gone about it. And it's not about, and, and I like the way that Carragher and Neville have, have gone about the business and the way they spoke about it. it's not about Liverpool it's not about Man United it's great to see how much the Liverpool fans have, have really come together to mm-hmm. protest you know publicly about it and that says a lot about their fans and whatever but it's not about clubs here it's about you know the these owners and and these people who feel as though they're above the fans and above the players and above the people that that make up you know the the, the core of these clubs and feel as though they can act mm. Independently without them. Oh, it's Look, we are a different format tonight. We're not going to really go in depth in reviewing or previewing the games because we're going to concentrate on this. We are going to touch on them. But Gary started off with Terry. He mentions FSG almost instantly. Judgey even mentions it from the outside. Is this for you all on FSG? Is the entire blame on them? How are you feeling on the whole thing? Well, in, from a Liverpool point of view and from Liverpool being involved in it, it's all on FSG. But I don't think the entire concept of the of bringing this new league is on FSG they're certainly a part of it mm. you know that it's just as much of them as it is the Real Madrid owner the you know you're the Bramovich's the the shakes from City you, you know it's all of them it's every single one of them as Judgy said it's these 12 individuals or these 12 businesses who are basically taking on everything that we love as as, as football you know it's we're, we're in the process now of renewing season tickets for next year, just about to get back to the game, we can't. We haven't been able to go for a year, and now it's like, why are we going? What's the point? Yeah, I've just we're, done mine. As well. we're, yeah, we're going. To, we're we're paying another whatever it is for each club. Mine personally is about I think it's about seven hundred quid, seven fifty something like that for the season. What for? There's no competition. If, if if we're no longer qualifying for a Champions League, we're no longer. There's no point in trying to finish as high up in the table as we as we want because we're in this Super League anyway. That. It's just ridiculous. There's, there's just no. There's, as as Klopp said in his interview last night, there's there's no competition. Then what's the fun in football? That's what you that's what you're playing for. That's what you're involved in the game for. It's the competition. It's the rivalries. It's and by doing this, it takes all of that away. It's just would pathetic. You, would, you, would you not? And you, Teddy, as well as fans of Liverpool, would you not get get excited by any aspect of that that competition if you could get in the playoffs and you had Barcelona at home in the last game of the season or whatever to get into the playoffs? 
is that not any sort of appeal or is it just too strange no one thing I think is missing a little bit in all of this because obviously the media furor and stuff that's came out is just unpacking what it actually represents in terms of you know the league in terms of I think there's be I've, I've read quite a lot where people are like you can't just go in in the Super League like and, you, and that's it that wouldn't be the only competition in theory of what these owners are trying to do mm. we would theoretically they wanted to stay in the National League so you would to my mind, it's almost been an attempt to sort of pre-package, repackage, sorry, the idea of the Champions League, but in an organisation that they control and run, but without the jeopardy of us not qualifying for it because we're like big clubs. And that, to me, is the really sneaky, dirty part of it. You know, like that, as Gary said, removing that sport and chance of it, like in terms of you might fall out, and that's what that's what makes it, it sharpens everything, it heightens the emotions, it makes the nights better because it's there's a risk to it. You know, when we were four nil down, when we needed four goals, you know, to beat Barcelona, and it's like, it's that we could go out, but but imagine if we don't, sort of thing. You know, so you need that, you need that sort of jeopardy, you know, you, you, and you need that risk to to sharpen it as a fan for the emotional level. The clubs don't want that risk because it it's the volatility and the money side of things. So. The idea for them, I think, is they wanted to stay in the national leagues, but they want to remove UEFA's competitions away and run their own. And I think, you know, if you if you turn around and said it was, you know, and I think I've said this on the WhatsApp group, and this is not me condoning it, but what I've said is if you turn around and said it was a complete replacement for the Champions League, we're going to try and wipe the UEFA competitions off because we don't like how UEFA structured them or whatever, the money splits or whatever it is, but it stays exactly the same as open competition and it fil- filters in from the national leagues in the same way the Champions League does now, I think the reaction would be very different. I think it's been the dirty, horrible, sort of unsporting, ungentlemanly-like conduct that's gone on in the background that basically says, we're going to create this, but we're also going to s- make sure that we never, ever have the risk of not being in it. And that, when you start introducing that, that's the really, really horrible bit of it. And it, it, isn't, it isn't these clubs yet, but it might end up being that, depending on how far it actually goes creating an NFL of European football, yeah, a European major league soccer. No, no, it, it that's is. That's a very different but I know, I know what Teddy's getting at, and, and that was what I was trying to say at the start of my piece before, is I've got no problem with, at the moment, the elite of the elite saying, well, okay, um, you know, there's, there's, there's these competitions we're in at the moment, but without without us, what are these competitions? That goes on in every walk of life. Yeah. There's always power plays going on. It happens at club level with, with certain players going, well, I should be paid this much because without me, what are you going to do? So it people are, people are you, know, you know, no one's naive enough, I don't think, to, to understand that these bigger clubs at times... Do have a certain, and again, I'm careful how I'm saying this, but the I can understand that them feeling as though they've got a certain right to a little bit more, because again, would I would I have paid for a TV package in years gone by if I thought I was going to be watching, you know, West Brom against West Ham, you know, constantly, you know, and like games like that where the quality wasn't quite, and no disrespect to those two clubs, no matter what there was to compete for. If it wasn't seeing the best players in Europe, do you know what I mean? Th- those players that you want to watch and, and you want to pay to watch, and and that's really what whatever level of the game you're at, you, you like. If, if you're a football purist and you, and you enjoy watching f- football, you enjoy watching the best players in in the world competing, and that's that's the great thing about the Premier League. But I th- I think th- there's definitely there's definitely a need for a bit of a reset around all these European competitions. But like like you said, and I, I don't want the listeners to get the wrong answer here. I, I don't I don't think it's 
I just it just hasn't been done in the right way, has yeah. it? Yeah. I mean, what about exactly. every other country who's not even been invited? These teams like Spartak Moscow can be dominant in their league. I'll use them as an example. They could then go to to Barcelona and win. What does that do for Spartak Moscow? No, no. You're taking all that away from it. You're just saying we've got three dominant leagues or maybe four if PSG won in, five if Bayern won in. That's it. No, but there is there is, there is a way. That, and, and we're not here to try and propose a, a new European competition and a difference to this because, you know, again, the bigger news is, is what is actually happening in the here and now. What I'm saying is to balance it out to a certain extent and that's what Terry was getting at is I think that there was a... This has been bubbling beneath the surface for a while. Yeah. You know, whether you call it the European Super League or whether you call it, what was it called, Operation Recent, not, what was it called, the, the, um, the something like New Dawn or something mad like, but anyway, uh, there was a word, wasn't there, where it was basically talking about the revamp of the Champions League. But, you know, if you look deeper, um, you know, beneath the surface of the Champions League, the, the, the corruption is embedded in that anyway, in terms of the way the... UEFA have structured it and the money that they take from it. So there's no reason why these clubs shouldn't be, to a certain extent, disgruntled by the way that UEFA have been wrestling money and power away from them and making it about them for years. So I don't think really, you know, that the public would be that dismayed by all the clubs coming and making an announcement and saying, look, we're not happy anymore with the way that UEFA are running these competitions. We're going to do a series of consultations with the fans, the players, the managers. We're going to come up with a fair solution, but to make it clear, we don't want to work with UEFA anymore. Yeah. That would have been... Very different okay. reception. Yeah, it would have been loads of questions, but that as a PR exercise in itself is a healthy you know, healthy thing because it's like, okay, fair enough. You know, It, it would have made people think a little bit more about it. It would have allowed the, the likes of Sparta and Moscow to have some kind of say or all the other clubs in Europe. There is a way of redressing what the bigger clubs and, and these 12 clubs are disgruntled about without doing it the way they've done it. I think that's what Terry's saying and, and, and it's not defending or condoning these actions but it's probably acknowledging that you can see why it's come about. Do you know what I mean? It's not, you know... What happens now to the to the Champions League? I'm not saying you've got all the answers but I'll say Bayern Munich, one of the biggest teams in the world, they still want to win next season's Champions League. They're not going to say this is now devalued because... Liverpool have gone to another league. There's pro- That's there's, got to continue, hasn't there's, it? There's probably a way of doing, and again, we're not here to propose a new competition, but there's probably a way of um, accounting for the years of success that these clubs have had in competitions to say, well, okay, when you get to this level, you've got an opportunity <coughs> to move up into a, a, an elite bracket, which doesn't take away the fact that you've still got to qualify for the main competitions. But there's, there must be, you know, obviously that World Club Championship was what, was what FIFA were trying to do, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. It hasn't really taken off. You know, the, the level of football around in the other um, confederations isn't up to the standards of Europe. Oh, it's proper hard to win that. <laughs> didn't didn't uh, Funes Mori's brother score past you isn't that but, 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 but that was the idea around that wasn't it, it was to, is, to, is to make another level and go well you know you're world champions and look I'm, I'm not here to try and take, take the piss here and, and I know that you know, it was a nice tag to have, and we would have celebrated that tag. We, you know, we celebrate the the Sports Basic Cup, so but yeah, when we can win it. But what I'm saying is, like, I think there's a way, and there's and and, and look, the, the the people who run these organisations are, are multi billionaires for a reason. The, the clever people, and 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 you know, mercenary as they are, they've come up with a number of strategies down the years that have got them to where they are. So that there's no reason why the right type of people could not come up with the right solution this is a million miles away from yeah. the right solution and and what concerns me most and i'm sure concerns the fans 
of these clubs is what does that do to their club? Where does that leave their club? Well, one of the implications is now they can't play in the Premier League. That that's a possibility that if, these teams yeah. cannot play English domestic football anymore. If that's the case, you're looking at Wednesday to Wednesday for the rest for, for what in the Super League? That's it. No, and and that's that's the really really sort of grim, you know, potential endpoint of it, which is like and 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 you know what Gary's saying. Like, uh, I'm not making excuses and trying to come up for reasons why, you know. Maybe we should look at it in a different light. I, I'm not because what I'm saying as a Liverpool fan, you're, you know, judge, what Judge Jesus said there. What does it mean for fans of them clubs, for their own clubs? Liverpool fans haven't done anything wrong here. Like we haven't asked for this. We haven't said this should be happening. You know, like well, or you know, we want to play these teams every every week or whatever. Or you know, we want a replacement for the Champions League. Don't get me wrong, I'm no fan of UEFA, and we can get into that if you want, because there's real some some real horrible grim bits with, with UEFA and down the line with Liverpool. But it's it's more we haven't done anything wrong, and what's horrible to find out is that as as you know, I think as football fans we we suspend our our sort of um we suspend our belief don't we and we think that these owners are like ambivalent yeah, not ambivalent you know that they, they do it for the right reasons you know mm. they, they sort of want to be there they buy into it they get us they get the tradition you know they love Liverpool they love what we stand for and all that and it's and there's been mistakes along the way and I think as Liverpool fans we've excused that and sort of said well you know they've kept us on the right track success wise on the pitch we've watched some of the best football we've seen in years we can give them <clears throat> small forgivenesses for some of the stuff that's happened in the past and you think that they're learning. The really horrible bit, as I say, is the bit that you find out that they don't really give two tosses about all of that side. And that's the really, really, really bit that I think has put, put, turned everyone off. I it's know. almost like now you know what's behind the curtain and it's a, or you've lifted a rock <coughs> up and there's a load of little grimy, slimy slugs of worms. as well, haven't they? Yeah. And, and that's what, like, that, that what, that's what would make me annoyed as fans of Liverpool if I was in your position is that they've used all that PR and all the club's history to build the brand while they've been there and mm. to increase the valuation of the club and therefore their, their wealth. So you can't, I think the fans are okay with that if they're also delivering on the pitch and and you know the experience that they expect of yeah, it's fans. a bit of an unholy yeah, alliance. Yeah, it's like isn't okay, it? it's I'm like... just going to pretend that wasn't happening there because and yeah, because... I mean just to sort not to sort of deviate away from, but the shoe like look at it the other way. You've been crying out for a wealthy owner for years. You want the money to come in, but at the same time you don't want it to change your club and you you'll you'll play that game for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like you, you know you sort of like we're okay with it because things are going right on the pitch, but. Things are about to go very, very wrong for Liverpool if we end up getting expo- ex- expelled from the Premier League, and then we're all of a sudden in this NFL situation of, uh, of the European MLS. That for Liverpool Football Club is no longer—it's just a name because it's not the same club. They as must it, have as it known have that this could be a, that could be a consequence of the actions. There's no way these pe- these people, big franchises with the best legal advice, I imagine, don't know that's an implication. A question has been asked off the record to the Premier League: What if has to have been? And these owners know that this is a chance. Do you, do you think, and do you think Gary asked Phil this question, who's not on the podcast, asked him on WhatsApp, there's been an element this season of, and rightly so I think of you maybe saying, Jürgen can have as much, you know, we'll give him grace because of what he's done. Do you think FSG, do you think they're entitled to that grace? Not that they are, but do you think they're in, they think so and they didn't expect this reaction? I don't think they thought the scenes around for the past few days would be there. Or did they? What do you think? I can't see how they'd have thought any otherwise. 
because they, they've had run-ins with the fans before, mm-hmm. you know, and, and like Terry referenced before, we, we thought they were learning, we thought they were starting to sort of get the club, get the fans, get what, what we want to be about and what we are about as supporters, but obviously they, they don't, and they are all, they are just a corporation, they are just a business, they are just, a, they want to make Liverpool a franchise, That that's that's all they, they care about, all they want to do is line their pockets further, how much money do they need? Hmm. Do you know do, do, all of them though? Not not just our owners, no, all yeah, of their owners. Right, all of them, yeah. they, how much money do they need? They've got they've like ridiculous amounts. It's pathetic. There's not even an aspect of look where so much in the red this would save your club. They can't even point to that. They can't yeah. even do anything like that. Was AC Milan? Their owners can maybe justify we'll, we'll yeah, die and your Barcelona's yeah. and, and yeah, Barcelona. I understand that. Yours yeah, hasn't but, even got that. But no. I, but well, FSG haven't. But I think that's almost being used as a beating stick to get clubs to sign up. You know, like with Dangle, that big fat mm. carrot of a 300 million sign-on bonus and all these numbers that are coming down the line. It's like, and that's what, you know, I keep going back to it, but that's another aspect of it that you think is just murky. You've used a season where there's no fans in the stands. You know, the stands are empty, so you've got none of the very visible on-camera walkouts or nothing like that. You've used that season just as it's about to sort of come to a close to make sure you can ram this in just before the Champions League reforms were announced to make sure that you're not basically, you know, sort of end up tying yourself into that for a couple of seasons when you don't want. Just after you've basically opened the window for season ticket renewals and all those fans have just renewed your season ticket, it feels so calculated that they've done it on that weekend and sort of the stars have aligned for them. They've gone, right, let's go from first gear into fifth gear on this, like, overnight. And they've literally turned around to a load of clubs. I think there's, you know, there's a there's a couple of clubs there, like probably Liverpool part of it. It's United, Liverpool, Real Madrid. Apparently, you know, the big pushes of it. Juve, Agnelli over at Juve. There's a there's a handful of clubs who have really been probably planning it for a long time, but they've seen the window of opportunity and they've gone, this is it now. Foot to, f- put your foot on the pedal. Let's let's go. AC Milan, use one in three hundred million at the end of this for you mm. right now. You know what I mean. You spend ninety three percent of your revenues as as wages on on player salaries and you're in all kinds of debt. That's gone. You're in. It's horrible. It's it's do almost they, it's almost they, like extortion, isn't it? It's like yeah, ho- I was gonna say because that's accelerated the desire from the likes of AC. You are in debt and maybe Barca because of the because of the pandemic. But arguably, the likes of yourselves, sitting United, haven't really been that affected. So do you think? The, the owners are thinking, well, do we need the fans? Uh, like, it sounds terrible, but do we need our... So you could talk about your core fan base. City's core fan base is famously lower than yours and United's, but you're talking 60, 70, 80,000 fans for, for each for each club, core who, who go to the game, whether they're from Liverpool, London, whatever. It's not an argument about that at this stage, but your 70,000 fans or 60,000 fans that go to the game every week, do we need them 60,000 or can we rely on the west of the world to just... And that's that, I think, is, is past. They thought, hold on, we've had a season here with no fans and look at our books. We're actually all right. Yeah. Well, like, that- and imagine what we can do if we open the... The global world, like we've done through streaming during this time, because yep. they they've made more money through the the streaming aspect of going. Well, actually, we can push it push it in America more. We can push it more in Asia because we haven't got our, our home fans paying in. We've made more money. F them then. Yeah, I I think that is that has come into the calculations because you know the match going fan and like I was saying before, I think you know we live in a we live in a make believe world where we we think we matter, and I think you know like we matter. To a degree, but in the grand scheme of the actual bottom line of a club, match match day revenue is now not on. You know, like it used to be everything, but now it's not on. And if you get your local fans, I go to the game, right? I've never bought a pint in the match. I've never, 
I don't think I've ever bought a pint in the match. I'm, like, well, I go sit on my own anyway, so it's sort of. You wouldn't um, want to buy a pint yeah, in but, the match. But, but <laughs> I don't, you know what I mean? I think at most I bought like a bottle of water or something, or a cup of tea, you know, on a freezing cold night, and it's almost like I don't spend any money in that ground. They don't want me sitting in that seat. They want, you know, to put exhibition football Melzy. on yeah. and to get a tourist going in who's going to spend. 150 quid in the club shop on programmes, clobber for his kids and all that. He's going to buy Milsey. 12 foot long <laughs> got dogs to sit and, and eat in his seat, you know what I mean? And, and big fat, massive cokes and boxes of popcorn and all that. That's like proper NFL crowd. That's who they mm. want to go and spend money because they're not just getting the ticket money and then they're getting all of the added extra and they with all the, the profit. They are the exact fans who would turn up to, exactly, to these games. Exactly. And so I think they have made that. That has come into their mm. minds. It's almost like a calculation of, well, the match going revenue. Didn't they come out that they refer to, to as consumers? As, no legacy fans. Legacy fans. Well, yeah, exactly. You know, that, and that's because that's what we are. That it's was what Fontino Perez was saying. Yeah, at Real Madrid, he was saying that the the, the, um, the the new fans don't want to go to these games, these Real Madrid games. The Tafe, they're not bothered about that. They want stuff that they can put on the social media. Yeah, and that they can be. It's a glamour game, and it's like and, an experience. And to play devil's advocate, Judge, you're a businessman. You know, if you were in their shoes and you're looking at, you know, the future generations, the TikTok generation, you know, they're all watching Fortnite games online, kids mm. and all that. It's like, if you watch the actual viewing figures and the age, like the demographics of it with Sky and BT Sport, the next generation aren't watching football anywhere near as many hours of football as what we did on our generation and our dad's generations and stuff. And it's almost like, are they making the calculation that football's going to fall away? They've got to compete for these eyes with like this very sort of, you know, short attention span sort of generations and it's almost like we've so we've got to make it all about glamour you know but like you know sort what? Of put it out there like but, big but, players but look you're right yeah and if you look at it from a business perspective i could get on board with that but it's not my football so let's so let's let's create a exactly. side thing for that do we cricket have done it yeah cricket have done it yeah. with 2020 and all the that IPL and, and, and the, that, yeah. the ipl and there's no there's no issue with that because people respect that, look, all right, if that's the market they want, that they, that's the way they want to see cricket or rugby with the sevens. There's, every sport has got their own little variation. Even America now is accepting of the NFL and the college. It's like there's two different sports over yeah. there. The yeah. NFL really, for the purest American football fan, they, they just respect it as a day out and an event. Yeah. And like the Super Bowl once a year and all that, it, it's not the be all and end all, the proper football American football fans follow, follow their local college team we were yeah, talking yeah. about that today with the lads so again and I'm not saying like I'd be as a legacy fan which we're all legacy fans I'm not saying I'd be you know jumping out of my seat with excitement for that but if that's what they want to do go ahead but don't mess with our game don't but and don't mess with our clubs yeah yeah don't do it with our clubs that's yeah, the thing we want to build these up yeah, exactly. build these clubs want, up. they want to take the brand of these clubs and pick them up and move them and, and do what they want with them because they say, well, we own the asset. It's like, yeah, but what, there's an unwritten contract that all the fans don't own history. any of the equity, but they own all of the emotion of that yeah. team. So it's almost like it's the bit that they don't see is is that they want to pick the brand up and use it to, to, to launch their little thing. Go and do it. Set your own club up. And this You're is not why doing it with the clubs that already exist. This is why the shouts about like the, the joking around about Merseyside Reds and all that. The reason that the Pro Evo and all that couldn't use Merseyside Reds is they didn't want to pay the money or they didn't want to invest in the in the in all of the individual detail of those teams that made them what they were and FIFA already had that. Yeah. So go on, go make your own, go make your Merseyside Reds then and, and take Salad and take Marnie and take all the ones who want to join you and we'll 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 keep what we've got. What we've take got Take Anfield left. if you want and we'll go and play on friggin'. But I think I think that is where 
the fans are with it, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, look, you're not you're not taking our history and all the other things. But that that's it. it. You're not you're not using you're not using us as a vehicle to launch your MLS, European MLS. You're just not. And it, and, and that's that's the bit that fans, I think, and that's why you're seeing so much emotion and pressure and revolt, you know, behind it because I think. I think we've got to a point now where I think fans realise, you know, that we have made that that we've been in bed with with proper alligators. Well, you know, like our, our social media mirrors this as well. You know, we've had we we put a post out on Instagram and Twitter and things, and we had loads of response. One one from Cy Price on Instagram. He said, "Been a season ticket holder for thirty years at Liverpool, and I'm disgusted with our owners over this. Football has to move forward like all things in life, but not this not in this greed driven direction." They won't get a penny out of me in this competition, although they won't give a toss about that as they'll already have their billions by then. Ashamed of our club right now. Um, another one from Mark, through the, this came through the website. Ashamed, disconnected, the end of Liverpool Football Club if we allow this to happen. The fans don't want it, nor do the players or the manager. We have to act now and not allow this corporation to hide behind the pandemic without consulting supporters and taking our team away from us. We had we had plenty of these messages. Another it's one. It's raw emotion. Isn't yeah, it? You can tell yeah. people are actually hurt. And sometimes when, when Liverpool get beat or Everton get beat, you get like the instant reaction. You, you can feel the hurt in these messages. Yeah, and we had another one. This, this was a pretty lengthy one, so I'll, I'll skim over it. But Pete Bell basically come through. He said, not including the show, but massive, massive distrust, distrust in the media. Their own agendas are being driven either devilishly or meticulously at all times. This is no different. Sky and BT have wheeled out ex-captains from clubs with the supporters in, in England to drum up the campaign against it. I think we can now guess that Sky and BT are not being given the rights to broadcast it. Regardless of my view for the show, regardless my view for the show is that there is no way owners of this football club can continue in power. We've been here as supporters before and we will now have to do it again. The very foundation of our football club is being destroyed to allow custodians to benefit. I think that's a very interesting point, you know, that like, uh, and it sounds really cynical, you know, like, and, and you know, and, and I know where the listener's coming from, and I've half thought it myself, like, I'm completely on board with them, there's no way that they're taking us in, and we're doing this on, on them terms anyway, of what of what's being proposed, I'm, I will never spend another penny at Liverpool if we did, on them terms, because it's just not for me, but at the same time, I do think that, well, <laughs> I need to word this carefully because I don't want people to get off and thinking that you know I'm I'm in any way sort of excusing it or whatever. But I have been watching the outcry and watching Alexander Seferin from UEFA come on and give it the whole and pull the heartstrings about like you know oh it, we're, it's all about the it's football all about family the fans and the fans and yeah that's a killer like, that's a hard and, one and to take. And all I wanted to say is fuck off. Yeah. Like, you know, I know we're a family show and, and this will have to go get an explicit warning, but all I've wanted to say is you absolute horror because this is an organisation that put a Europa League final between Chelsea and Arsenal in Baku. Do you even know where Baku is? No. <laughs> Azerbaijan. Was that the, um, the question for this week's show, was it? Azerbaijan. And there was no way. for and There was like one flight out of the UK a week to Azerbaijan. It's like, so... You know, this is an organisation that it doesn't give two fucks, for one of a better word. And I'm sorry if that puts listeners off, but of of about the fan, so they need to spare me the sort of, you know, yeah, real the same organisation who have a, a seventy thousand seat stadium and only give fans 15,000 each. Yeah, and for they, finals, and they took thirty five thousand for the UEFA yeah. family. You know, spare me that they are, like the real sort of, you know, tugging on the heartstrings because you're as bad. And that's the thing is like everyone's trying to protect all these organisations, UEFA, FIFA, Sky, the Premier League, 
the ESL, the clubs, they're all trying to protect their own little portion of the pie. And they're all as bad as each other in making it or trying to get the fan to sort of like, to, 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 to say, well, you're with us though, aren't you? To be on their side. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, fans are being taken for a ride by the owners and we've been left high and dry now as Liverpool fans and, and you know, Man U fans and City fans and all that. that you know, we've ended up being the bad guys and all this and we haven't done anything. But at the same time, I feel like a lot of fans from other clubs are getting going to left get high and dry by, you know, the whole... I can't believe like you you know that you do this to UEFA or that we do this to to don't don't get across that these organisations are also about the fan because they're not you know what I mean they're just they're just not and and the almost like fake outrage from all these organisations sort of makes me sick a little bit you know like, as you're watching it because you and this is what I'm saying about why it's so bad and it's been so painful I watched that game last night I couldn't even couldn't even tell you what happened I wasn't even like focused I couldn't care less it was weird really weird but. Part of it is because it isn't just finding out that Liverpool's owners are absolute scumbags. It's finding out that every aspect of football is just infected with absolute nuggets <laughs> that just want to pillage money out of people's pockets. And it's horrible. I, 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 I don't know where you stand on that because we've had a little bit of a to and fro on our group mills, you have me, about the UEFA thing. You're like, what's the big thing about UEFA? But... It's that. It's that. Like it's, that's that's as not well. that's not me beating. That's what what you've just said there. When, when you're saying it, you're sort of listening and you're thinking, okay, the, the Chelsea and the the Arsenal thing and the 35 percent and Evertonians will roar at the radio station now because you might have geared me into saying this, but we're, we've never really been part of that to see the problem. We've had problems at Wembley and you go, the FA, we need more tickets. The FA Cup semi-finals. How can you only get Evan twenty thousand? We'll sell sixty. So you've had that more than I've had it. So that's the only reason I've, I've been like that with you in the WhatsApp groups. I've not been going you're into it. It's just I haven't maybe seen what you've just said there. I'm not an Arsenal fan or a Chelsea fan. I didn't care where that game got played. I sat it on with the bottle of wine and watched it. It didn't bother me. It's never affected me. Yeah, I just you know that just sticks out in my memory, that Europa League final, because I think uh, I think they only took 5,000 fans between them. And Chelsea sent over half their allocation back and said, you know, we, we can't get there. So it, stuff <coughs> like that is just like, well, don't, 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 believe that they're out for the fan either as judgy said before something has to happen with football and i'm not necessarily sure that uefa fifa the els the <coughs> premier any of them are, are the right people to sort of like fix it but you're always going to find that with, with with everywhere you're going aren't you it, there's always going to be something where you go that's not quite right they're getting too much of a share they're getting too many it's it happens with everyone the fa do it with the english domestic finals it happens like the ticket thing it's, it, there's always but that's what You're he's saying. Gonna have that. That's what he's saying. That that's why it's so sickening. The, all this fake outrage from them about trying to trying to make it like they're all about the fans and that because they're not. No, and no, that, that's his point. It was a great point. But and, and that you know yeah. that's the thing. Like FIFA, FIFA came out didn't he? And, they, and they've said you know oh, it's, you can't. We don't want any impact to the domestic game. And that you've gone and gave a World Cup that you got bribed to put it in Qatar, and you've made you're going to make every single domestic calendar shift completely on that year that the World Cup, because you need to do it in the winter. <coughs> There's been well, thousands of deaths from construction workers building these grounds in the heat of the desert. Like, just go away with your source of mock outrage, you know, like, and belief that you're, as if you're some benevolent custodian of the world game. Absolute scumbags. Okay, well, we can't, we could go on about it all night, but we'll try and move on in, in a minute. What do you want to happen now? Well, to be honest, the, the longer it goes on, the more worrying it gets. Because as I thought, like by now, it's to me it seems like they're letting the dust settle. 
the you know the they want they just want the outrage to sort of be done with after a few days or a week or whatever it may be. The dust will settle and then they'll come out with the proposals again and they'll just try and get it through and, and crack on with it because it's. I I thought with the amount of outrage and the amount of people in the game and the amount of supporters who've, who've blatantly gone against it and been outraged by it. Something would have been said. There would have been a statement I, to say we're rethinking, we're relooking, something like that. I can only assume that that's almost part of the contract or agreement is to go look. This is the plan. You know, this is how we're gonna, whatever. No one says nothing. Yeah, no, and going, like going can, back to your your question earlier on Mills, where you said, do you think that they thought not would like the fans wouldn't be this outraged? No, building on what you said there, they probably did know that this one this was what was going to happen, and they've as you said they've just thought nobody say anything for give it a fortnight, give it a week, give it a fortnight, and then we'll release a joint statement. There is a school of thought, and I'm not I'm not going to say where I stand on this, and I briefly mentioned it before the show. There's a school of thought that this is. A um, an attempt from these clubs to just kind of um, strongholds UEFA and go, okay, well, what are you going to do then? If we're going to set this up, what's your offer to kind of bring us back to the table? Where do you sit on that? As in, as in, do you, do you think that's a, an actual train I, of thought that's where No, I don't. I think it's too, as, as Terry pointed out before, I think the whole process and how they've gone about delivering it and getting it out, the timing of it and stuff, it's all too calculated for it to be that. But isn't that part of the calculation, though, is to go, well, the more dramatic it is and the more kind of perceivable it is that it could happen, the more powerful that that, that, that message is going to be to the likes of UEFA? Yeah. You know, if you it's to take a poker analogy, they've almost pushed all in, haven't they? And the sort it's it's a game of brinksmanship, but I think it's gone beyond that point. If I'm honest, I, I think you know to make that calculation that you're going to push it and push it and push it to the point where you can then row it back and and then live comfortably, uh, you know, with your Premier League peers and you know within the UEFA construct and with it with your fans your fan base and, and you'll live like okay and it, it'll all be forgotten and, and sort of accepted because it was just negotiating tactics feels like they've, they've I don't think they'll ever admit that by the way but I, I think if but they've done it in the past every time mm. that UEFA are, are, are reviewing the Champions League you get the rumours the European mm. Club Association rumours of you know breakaway leagues and all that so it's definitely a tactic they've used in the past but this feels far more more advanced fleshed out and it I actually do think this time they mean it and they probably mean it because it's a one-time opportunity. Never never waste a good crisis. The COVID situation will bounce clubs into that that otherwise wouldn't have agreed to it. So I think it's basically they've seen the chance and thought this is it. This is the one chance that we can do this and get probably a high number of clubs to go yet because they're absolutely skinned. The next thing now is though, if that's the case and they are looking to push through and go ahead with it, they still need another three, sort of what they call founding members, to sign up, and then they need another five every year, who are the, who are like the variants who who, who can but get into it each how, year. How, how could that work if if like part of the um, part of the um, impact of this is that you're not allowed to play in your own league then? Where did they get in the extra exactly. five? That's well, what I mean. So, so people are just going to that wasn't part of their plan, though. They've said that they want to remain in the national leagues. They're making the calculation that mm. when the money gets thrown on the table, everyone will get on board and they'll find out a, a way for it to work. <coughs> and I think they've got it wrong. I think they've got it wrong. I think yeah, because the only with, way the, that... with the amount of outrage that has come, and that's obviously a word we're going to use all, all night, really. But the amount that's came out of it, what in, in what 
universe is another three teams going to sign up to this. Yeah. And the biggest ones haven't. So PSG, who are loaded, are keeping the money outside that league now. Bayern Munich, who, who their fans in Germany will think they're the biggest club in the world. They're not in it. I think they were going to be always going to be the hardest ones to get on board, though, weren't they? The German because of the fan yeah. ownership. But so. PSG are loaded. They've got dirty yeah, money. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised you know PSG I mean? have said no. Mm-hmm. So the teams well, already big teams, big clubs. Who are saying it's not? A, it's a toy to them, though, isn't it? And, it, and, it, and part of the kind of um, value of that toy is that it's our toy, and we we do what we want with it. And they're not. They don't seem the type of club to be kind of dictated to like this is the way you're going to go with it so and I, I think Gary Neville has a good point it's really surprising and, I, and this is not me defending Man City but it's surprising that they've gone for it because it's no object to them is it they're not in it to, but although the City group as a whole you know you could argue have, have you know have gone berserk in terms of how much they're worth but the Man City model has been about right this is our they, this is they our, broke the glass ceiling they've yeah. done it yeah, but and now they're but stopping they others spent doing it. on on the on the city, you know, as in like Manchester, in terms of building this really ethical project. And I know ethical is not the word to use when they've thrown so much money about on the pitch and on wages, but what they give back and all that, it's just like the academy. Is that's what I mean. What I, mean. Yeah. I just feel as though there's something mm. that's not quite right here. And I know that that sounds an obvious thing to say, but I just think there's something that's came out that has been where the. Some of the clubs have been a little bit misled by it. Do you know what I mean? Matt Law from the Daily Mail, he tweeted this yesterday, saying Chelsea and City were told last week, get on board or risk being left behind. They were the the last two of the English clubs. How accurate that is, I don't know the Daily Mail. Take that what you want. But but I think that probably is. I think it probably is true. But at the same time, I think you're naive if you think City don't know all the facts before they've came oh, out yeah. and, no, and but got I don't on board think, yeah. I, 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 you know listen they've got a very very astute football operation behind that team that you know that that, that what's on the pitch now when you you look at right right the way through all of their sort of execs and sporting directors and stuff like that, they've got a very very astute operation going you don't on make any moves without it being no I think it. I think the, the the problem for them is it is a concept of being left behind because as much as they've got national wealth that's coming in and they sort of splurging it the end of the day, their owners have made have made the calculation that we'll make a, a, a almost a sport and brand and tie it in with the tourism of our mm. nation state and stuff yeah. like that. So, you know, they're making a bet that they need to keep the value of that asset enhanced and, and keep mm. it working and doing what they need. Abramovich is made is making the calculation. He's put a significant part of his net worth into Chelsea. You know, if, if they get left behind, he's just taking the hit directly. He's the single sole owner of, of Chelsea. So I think there is a concept of where they think we don't want to be left behind here because if it does take off and make you know a load and, of money, and therefore then you, you would have to not not say you'd have to completely believe it. That makes sense though. That argument doesn't. It? I'm not saying that the, that then makes Chelsea and City exempt from blame because they're still part of this. But that would that would be something that I I would be tempted to believe. But again, it just they're just things like that and and a few other bits that have that have come out and a few lingering questions. I just think there's just something. Where, where they've been pulled in for me is they probably were the ones who were more reluctant and there was a, the, probably the five that were really keen that sort of came out. The five that are keen have got enough other big names on it because of financial problems and the dangling of the carry mm. that then it's like, well, Jews want to be one of the two or three that aren't in it. So they've been bounced in on that, you know, sort yeah, of thing yeah. because they don't need it, the money, but it's almost like, well, yeah, but we want the prestige of being with the elite, you know, and... The PSG one's the interesting one because it's like, why would they sort of not almost get on board with it? But 
you've got to remember that they're also tied in their owners with hosting the World Cup two years down the line. Mm, so they don't, they FIFA, don't want, they don't want a war with FIFA. You've yeah. got to be very careful. You know, there's and you know, there's all these subplots, and it's like it ends up being like a, a friggin' spy novel, doesn't it? Like, what's going on? Like, and and you know, when this is what I'm saying though, is like you you need to read between the lines and think like, what's their motivation for getting not doing it or getting in or whatever? They don't need the money necessarily, but at the same time, they're also hosting a FIFA World Cup. Are, they, are FIFA going to let them hold the World Cup if they go in the ESL and they're saying that the players can't eat, who are in the ESL can't even feature in the World Cup? That's in the country. Of PSG's owners, it's bananas, isn't let's, it? So let, let, let's assume, right? And, and this is just an interesting notion. And I, I'm fairly certain what your answer is. I think you've already answered this outside of the show, anyway. But for the benefit of the listeners, let's assume that some kind of deal is broken here. But Liverpool do somehow remain in the Premier League. But as has been suggested, this ESL becomes the prior. The ESL becomes the priority, and somehow. You know you're at, you know you're able to stay in the Premier League but play in the ESL. Where do you sit as fans? It, it depends. Yeah. No, what I'm saying is the ESL is a non-relegation thing. It's as it's been sold now, but you're allowed to stay in the Premier League. No. And and it's and it's just you're just in the league. No. Um, you can still win the league. No. But it doesn't it doesn't no. do anything to. It does absolutely no attraction to me. To saying you can carry on in your league and all that. But the ES, you're in the ESL and you can never you'll never fall out of it. It's like, well, no thanks. I'll I'll pass. Because and, and that's what I'm saying, it depends. And, and you know, we were saying before, it's all the hypotheticals, you don't want to sort of like redesign competition. I think that, that's what they want though, isn't it? Let's be honest. That that yeah. seems as though yeah. that they think and in their idealist, idealistic world. And Mil and Millsy asked before, what do you want as fans? And I didn't actually answer. On them terms, what they want, stay in your national league. But go into this ESL like we'll never ever get relegated out of. We'll always be in it every year. No, just no. I'm not part of it. So like, when I said what, no. when I said what do you want? <laughs> so I so want what, what do right now? What do you want? Do you want them to come out and say we're not taking yeah. part? In I it. want them to come out and say I want. I want a statement from Liverpool to come out and say address all the things that they in their mind they seen as pros and ne- and reasons why this is necessary. I want a list of it. I want to read it. I want to see what was they thinking. And then. Want them to basically say, on the strength of the backlash, though, we've realised the sport in jeopardy of relegation. You know, we realised the strength of feeling. We need that as part of the game or whatever. So we won't engage with it on them terms anymore, unless it becomes a competition where you can be relegated from it and everyone has got a fair chance of going into it based on league standing. If that doesn't happen, we're not engaging with it anymore. And if it does happen, then it's a different conversation for me because it's almost like... If, if if it becomes a, but we you know these are the reasons why we wanted it because of the UEFA situation and blah 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 you know they take thirty five percent of the Champions League money even though it's all made on the back of clubs basically, if they turn around and say it's going to literally be an exact carbon copy replica of the Champions League almost, but it's going to be ran by in the same sort of format as the Premier League is run you know where its members run the competition as opposed to a third party organisation like UEFA then that's a different conversation for me. And if that sidelines UEFA, then I'm less bothered about that. But the whole aspect of it is the non-competition, the never, ever we falling never out lose. of it. We never come out of it. We're always in it because of who we are. We're boss. No. So if, if that exists, I don't want part of it. I don't want any part of it. But at FSG, they've got a way out. They'll never get the credit in the bank with Liverpool fans or with me personally. I'm not going to speak for the entire fan base. Some might end up being okay with it. <laughs> but they will never get that credit back with me where I'll say... Good owners, 
they'll just be owners, and I'd be hoping that they'd be looking to sell for someone else. But my worry there is, then who'd you get in? You know mm. what I mean? Be careful who you wish for. You're, you're, in, the, you're in that position now <coughs> yeah. as a club, aren't you? It's the, the, what the club's worth and what it would cost someone, you, you need similar people like exactly. them, don't you? And so is it a case of the better the devil you know, but you want them to roll back on it and basically say, well, and we'll just basically put up with each other and, and almost live in like a marriage that's dead, but we don't want to get divorced <laughs> because we don't, we're, we're scared about what, come ne- what comes next. Because that will, you know, Liverpool is, what what have they put a, a bill, just over a billion, a billion and a half valuation on it. They bought us for 300 million. I, you, you talk, for someone to come in and do, to take over us and do it, you're talking about the same types of characters who will be, you know, ruthless businessmen who've made money. And I don't see, unless the government or something get involved and make fan cooperative ownership a, a likelihood, which I can't see because I don't know how Liverpool fans, even as big as a fan base could is, raise the money. could raise the money. It's no. You think of the numbers, they're just ginormous. You can't, you know, people struggle to pay for a season ticket at eight or 900 quid a, a season. You, they're not going to start standing up five, ten, fifteen grand to buy a stake in Liverpool spread over, I don't know, 50,000, 60,000 people. It's just not going to happen. So I don't know how you fix it. I just know that I don't want any part of it on the terms that it is proposed now. Okay, so that's what you. So to summarise there, to bullet point it really, you want them to come out transparent and say, here's why, but if it stays like that, we've made a mistake, yeah. we're not going in it. Yeah. Do you think they will do that? Um, I, ugh, I, don't, I genuinely I don't. don't know. No. I don't. I genuinely don't know. I don't think it'll be our owners who are the ones to fold. To cave, yeah. Yeah, I think if there's if there any are going to, it's probably the likes. Of, if if what you said was right before about City and Chelsea, they'll be the most likely ones to, to sort of pull out of it and go. We were sort of strong armed into it a bit. And okay, well, so you don't think it will happen, but that's what you want to happen because what you don't want to happen is everyone else to pull out and we're, we're the last man standing fighting the fight. Of course, and then and then you look like. You know the worst dog yeah, in the fight, don't you? Like you, you know the, the diehards who never wanted to let it go, and then you're just forever tainted with that sort yeah. of label. Oh, the, everyone's hate you, and I, and I mean, like, and I know, I know, Klopp was right what he said last night. It's not the players' fault. It's not the fans' fault. Certainly, not the fans' fault. But you've seen it before with with players. If, if a player does something, you know, in in the public eye, which is which is morally wrong, the club get it. You know, it, that's just the way it goes, isn't it? Yeah. So the association with the club. As fans, players, or manager, means that you're in that boat, aren't you? Well, and, exactly. that, and, and that's the last thing that any club deserves. Um, I suppose least of all Liverpool, considering what you've you've gone through to I suppose to get to where you're at. Um, it's right. We've spoke lots, and we had to speak lots on the Liverpool angle. Yeah. Let's try and talk about the what ifs for for Everton. If Liverpool are able to, or if Liverpool are able to stay in a domestic league. And have that wealth, and we've got to compete with them. Or the other scenario is they and the other five leave the domestic league. What does what do them scenarios do for Everton? I, th- I think like the the lads, if they're, they're the two scenarios, there's there's no doubt that you know these have to go and, and all the other clubs because they, everything they stand for being in our league would just mean that the, the league is pointless. Mm. Yeah. Like 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 the the joke that Wolves has on Twitter of saying you know we were Champions League you know champions last year because we finished seventh or whatever it's true though isn't it but then you finished seventh so where's the where's the kind of where's the glory in that you know and 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 seeing the yeah it's just it's not 
You, like you, I say, you, that, like I say, them going and taking the ball with them and going and playing their own little game, fine. I'm okay with that. So and that's I think, the one I you think, take. Yeah, and I think, and I think if you put all of the Liverpool fans to that decision and says, right, we're, we're going to form a new club. They're going to start in non, in non league. We're going to get all our sixty thousand fans. We're going to go with it. We reckon if we all put our season ticket money in, wow. What a, what a team that's going to be straight away. You'd be back in the Premier League within, or what we call the Premier League, within seven seasons. They'd love that. And, and I think if that's the decision that you put to the Liverpool fans, I can't speak for all the other clubs. I know they'd bite your hands off. they get 20,000 people in seconds who'd sign up so, to, to put their season ticket money to that. Okay, so how do you see... I'm actually excited to want to be in that club. <laughs> how, how do you see a Premier League without them six not only working... Not only surviving, but being able to somehow <laughs> prosper as it is now with the we've it's attracted Carlo Ancelotti and Hamas Rodriguez. There's people in in Vegas who wake up at six in the morning to watch Chelsea versus Everton. It's Everton different. get a share of that. What you, happens? It just changes, doesn't it? Do you know what? I, I don't think. I think that the the immediate aftermath would be quite cold and weird, and but once the floodgates open again, and uh, you know what I mean, like the turnstiles, and we're allowed to go back in the match. Within six months, no one would care. The proper fans, the legacy fans, the legacy fans wouldn't care. Yeah, it'd be, if anything, it'd be almost we've got our game back. If those clubs stuck to that stance and it was like, there's no way of coming back. But the, it, the other side of that coin is, if the money is all gone to no, another No, it, it, it would have its consequences, look. If, if, you, are you going to be watching a lower standard look of player? Look at the Rodriguez goes, but again, it's the same to you. Would you rather watch a lower standard of football? But no, it's your football and mm. it's your club and, mm. it, and it's your yeah. what you stand for. Or would you watch your Richarlison, your, you know, your, your Hammers, Rodriguez, your Carl Ancelotti? I wouldn't. I couldn't care less. Like we, we've we've seen. All right, we, we're fortunate enough to to have not been relegated from the Premier League, but we've seen some dour teams. Mm-hmm. We've we've seen some really good teams. You know, we we've unfortunately not seen any successful teams, but I can't think of really any season out of them which sticks out where I go, wow, what an amazing season that was because we've seen this player and that player. It's the moments, isn't it? That, that that make you as fans, it's the it's the things that happen in and around the the games, not the games really, is it in a weird way? Obviously, there's moments in the games that you always yeah. remember and look back on. It's My fond memories are the experience. It's who you were sat with, who you yeah. had a pint with, what it felt like, you know, when the goal went in and who you hugged. Sharing that with yeah. them, the, the ecstasy, and, and and even more so that you've experienced as much as anyone. The the kind of the highs and lows where it's like, well, I remember how bad we felt at this point, and then we came back and done that. So it's. Mm. It loses all that, doesn't it? And and everything that goes with a non-competitive, whatever you call, whatever way they shape it, and I'm sure they'll do really well to shape it if it goes that way, and they'll sell it to the global market. It's not for me. That's not for the legacy fans. If you want to call us the legacy fans, that's what we are, and 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 that's that's not for me. Having those teams in our league. Can I can I just ask a question, like sort of because obviously, you know, all joking aside, there's probably a few Everton fans that are licking the chops, thinking you know we might end up like being Wales without Liverpool yeah, football club. You know, yeah, but and I'm, you know, all, as I say, all joking aside, I just want to sort of play devil's advocate here. What does that do if if that situation does end up in, let's say, there's two questions actually. Do you think would it be a threat to you in terms of do you think you'd still build? A ground and stuff. If with the, if the money walking away, you know, it's a fat, it's a serious pit, money pit, isn't it? Building a stadium, it's five, six hundred million quid, and that needs a lot of money to come in to sort of pay for it. So that's a question one. The second one is, do you think you'd end up down the line in 10, 12 years down the line, you're quite a wealthy owner relative to the rest of the mm. Premier League, 
and there'll be one or two others that still remain in the league that probably you know are relatively well off. Would you end up in a situation down the line where you've just consolidated a new elite, and then do you think that inevitably they'd start to cast eyes? Well, the first point really, Mashiri was on Talksport today, and people will just say he's reacting to it. He never got asked. He's always going to say this, but he was very vocal and like he doesn't believe in this Super League. That to me says he's sticking around. The money's staying at Everton Football Club. I think we're so far down the line with this stadium, it's got to happen. Now, the implications of it happening and after that, what it does to Everton financially, I don't know. Sky Sports have got to spend money on street, on showing football. So have BT Sport. If they're cast aside from this European Super League, they'll remain broadcasting Premier League games. The supporters of these clubs still all around the world. The sponsors who will still want their brand on Super Sunday, on a Sunday afternoon in England. Money will remain in this league. It's got to, to a lower level, though. To a lower level, potentially. Initially, initially, <clears throat> and and I think that's where the whether you call it the fan power or whatever, or whether whether it's the the PR that's generated as a result of these teams sticking together and pulling through and whatever. And there's going to be certain brands that are not going to want to be associated with one or the other. They're going to go, well, that's not big enough for us, or they're going to say, well, that's not morally right for us. So I think there's, there's there's gains to be made from the teams that stick around as well, and, and we'll only see what they are. But there's no doubt about it. There's going to be a recession, if that's the word, for for those you know the clubs that are left behind. There's going to be a you know a hangover. I've got no question. But you know you're asking us as fans, aren't you? And, and your question was to me as a, as a, as an Evertonian, and was I sooner have another twenty years like I've just had, or would I want to join a spineless group of clubs in a in a showpiece for the next 10 years and be part of that there's no doubt where my where my but also i think that money or some of it will filter down they've got to buy players we can charge a premium yeah if 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 tottenham hypothetically want dominic calvert lewin give us 150 million yeah give us it, it it's a one-off that though isn't it because once you've been raped of your assets you're playing assets it's almost like you haven't well, got the, them no the other the other side of that and i was thinking about this as well the the academy systems in this country are dictated by the football association if you're a body and i know i know you're going well we're not playing in this and we can do our own thing but the the certain laws that will the government underpin that you won't be able to step on so the triple p was backed by Sports England, by the FA, by the government. Yep. If you're a player, if you're a club that's producing players on these in England, you, you've got to follow them rules. Therefore, yep. Liverpool, Man United, Man City, Chelsea, they, they all be kicked out of that. Therefore, you would have to surrender some of your players that are homegrown to the other clubs mm. because that's the law. So, like, there's going to be a, a kick. There's going to be consequences for the for the clubs from a develop you know a player development point of view. You know, all right. They they had turned around and go. We're going to privately educate them. We're gonna they're going to live in our. They're going to have almost compounds. There's still employment law though, isn't there, and child yeah. protection laws and stuff that yeah. exist regardless yeah. of what industry. Exactly. Is. So so that that's where, you know, if you talk, there's two angles to that. You know, you think you think about the amount of money that's been generated on homegrown talent over the last twenty years in England. It's an extortion amount of money. You know, your Beckham's and your Owens just thinking back from years ago, but. You know, you've now got the, the, look at the England team with the value of the England team, and they've all been brought through English academies, with the exception of Jaden Sancho. So that's a lot, a lot of you know 
that's a lot of assets that these clubs potentially will not have rights to. Mm. Um, so that that's an interesting argument. And, mm. and look, it, it's a... Yeah, like you say, we, we could talk about this all night. And I'm, I'm sure between our podcast, the rest of them and, and, and the media, there's, there is days worth of material for people to listen through but you, you've certainly heard, heard our take on it and, and, and there'll be more to come I just think I'll end, I just think football doesn't die as an Evertonian talking here tonight and I understand the hate from Copites at the minute for me as a blue football doesn't die with them leaving it just doesn't it carries on for us it's got to I'm not going to watch them and go over shows over there no chance I've got to concentrate on okay make where we are as good as it can be doesn't yeah. die with them leaving. No chance. Yeah, no. You've got to. You've, you've got to say that we spent a lot of time, obviously, talking about the the Liverpool side of things, and we've we've got sympathy for the position the fans have been put yeah, in. Absolutely. But equally, as a club and, and as a as a rival club, you've got to say, well, sounds. If you want to, if you want to leave, that's fine. But we're we're not <coughs> yeah. we're not going to cry too long about it. No. Um, don't get me wrong. It, this won't be potentially called the Across the Park podcast. It might yeah. be. It might be. They might have to buy some some land offers. They might have to. They might take Goodison, <laughs> give them Goodison, the, the new the new the new club. That'd probably work out well for us. We might get yeah, better money for Goodison. But, oh, that that'd be proper Everton, wouldn't it? Didn't work out well last time. I was going to say proper Everton. Now we give this new reform club Goodison, and then they end up coming back and, and winning the league that that we became. Yeah, and, and usually your new ground turn into Liverpool corporate. Yeah, so <laughs> tourist fans in the city centre. Oh, like like George said, we could go on forever, and I imagine over the next few weeks we will continue to talk about it. Thank you for all your messages on the website across the park Thank you on Twitter at across the park PC and Instagram at across the park PC. If we couldn't answer your questions or read them out, we are sorry, we got flooded. We are recording at Liverpool Live Radio Studios in the Baltic Quarter of Liverpool. We are affiliated with them. We're back on the radio on Saturday. I think it's Phil and Pricey. going to be on 2 o'clock. You can listen online, liverpoolliveradio.com, Alexa or DAB. Judgy, where are you going to watch this um, European Super League? How are you going to watch it? Well, uh, For £7.50 legally? If you, yeah, if you, if you are still upset by, by Spence, you know, giving all your money to BT and... Sky in these in these circumstances, even though it's not necessarily their fault. But if you if you are a if you are a legacy fan like we are, and we don't like paying loads of money for footy because that's what we are with with minge bags who like paying our old season ticket prices. Um, yeah, get yourself a stream locator because it's it's worked really well for me. I. I uh, I watch all my games through the zone. Who ironically I think it apparently the broadcasters <laughs> get linked. So I might I might start I might start getting fleeced off them as well. Um, but yeah, I pay I seven seven pound fifty a month for for my to zone um, subscription, and and the stream locator allows me to to identify myself as being a Canadian watching watching the subscription. You've, you've had that for a while now, so maybe what near in two months? Any problems at all with it? Three months? No, no, it's 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 as easy. Yeah. And like so it. All I literally do is, is flick between my my normal router and the stream locator. So if, if I'm on my normal router, um, I'm just kind of, as I say, browsing the internet as I usually do, not looking at anything untoward. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and and if, I, if I intend to watch the game, I'll, I'll buy my telly, I'll flick over to the stream locator uh, router, which will, again, allow me to direct my traffic um, via Canada. Yeah. And again, no, it's literally just like watching... Watching the game on Sky or BT, different commentators. I occasionally get to not listen to Steve McManaman when I'm watching. Oh, ting. Watching the Champions League games, which is a bonus. Not listening. <coughs> no, that's what you get. McManaming. 
anyone who's interested in getting the stream locator and like, as judge said they're watching all the football for seven pound fifty a month head over to our website across the park podcast.co.uk scroll down click their logo it'll take you straight to their page or go on our twitter at across the park pc in our bio there's a link to the lads over at stream locator and also the lads over at camper kings as well big thanks to our sponsors again this week judge shall we try and talk a little bit of match action i know terry's indicated that he, he was a bit gutted with the match last night i don't know how far the reds want to talk about it so let's go on to us 2-2 last friday with tottenham and we've got arsenal coming up this Friday, first of all, the Tottenham game. I thought we played really, really well. Yeah. Couple of mistakes at the back that really cost us. But even at two-two late on, we win the ball back and still driving forwards. Our intent was to win that game. I thought we played really well. Yeah, I enjoyed watching us. I mean, we we spoke very critically of the style of football the last mm-hmm. four to six weeks, and and rightfully so. Um, I've been adamant um, to, to yourself that you know getting some of these players back that which we got back against Tottenham would make a marked difference to the way we played, and it did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know we're, we're still missing key players, particularly in the centre of the pitch. But the difference Alan makes in terms of just giving the likes of Sigurdsson and Alan more uh, and Hammer, sorry, license to to go forwards and to combine and, and play more freely was was evident, wasn't it? From the get so much trust in what's behind them that we can yeah. we can try a one two here. If we lose it, there's a better chance he'll win it back now. Hundred percent. You know, and we and, and you know we looked at me and Price. He looked at the positives. You know, heading into the Tottenham game of of, of the sides of the squad that have that have developed under Ancelotti and most significantly it's been those defenders so you know those defenders have, have, have lacked any real protection um, it's ironic that we're talking about mistakes against Tottenham now from the defenders but it wasn't like poor defending was it it wasn't disorganisation or it was just one of them games where like the ball hitting someone on the back of the head and mm-hmm. you know kind of someone jumping it flicking it over someone else's head it was stupid mistakes but the mistakes really that you can live with providing these don't happen every week and I was more pleased to see just a you know a positive performance, an aggressive performance, yeah. you know chances for us to win the game, which is frustrating. But again, you know you know as a football fan, you watch the game long enough that if you are creating chances every week and you have got good players in there, that you will take them chances. Mm. Looking on to Friday, Arsenal. I mean, this this the Tottenham game and the Arsenal game. You think, like, they're teams that you want the three points in to to get into the Champions League. We've got no idea what's going to happen with that now. So the Tottenham game doesn't really now become a bad result. At the time, I was hating, but I was thinking, oh, should have won. And, and going into Arsenal, is it a case that we just don't get beaten? We just maintain where we are in this league table now, or um, a, a draw could be a good result. We don't have to go and win. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I think we could go and beat Arsenal. Um, I think they're the type of team that really does suit the way they'll, you know, the way that we like to play, um, particularly under Ancelotti. I think they're going to want to dominate the ball. Uh, they'll take risks. The defenders are a bit, the, the centre backs are a bit ropey. Um, you know, we're going to have Calvert Lewin back, and and look, it, it's got to be said on the record that we've missed them. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I thought Richarlison <coughs> did play well against Tottenham. I thought some of the chances he had. Um, I you know, admittedly, I don't think Calvert Lewin would have took them chances. They weren't really his type of chances. But equally, just having someone constantly in between the sticks and being a, a target man and someone you can kind of get out, yeah. get an out ball from, has, has been missed from us. So, I think he, he's the he's the complete antichrist for for Arsenal, Calvert Lewin, because he he really will get amongst your centre backs and he and he'll yeah. be a nuisance and. Got a good record there as well. He scored a few yeah. times at the Emirates. Yeah, has, yeah. Um, and, and you know, one of the big pluses from that Tottenham game was was the way that 
Hammers and, and Sigurdsson played together. It's, you know, it's been it's been you know publicly said on a number of occasions, and I've said it that they don't seem to be able to play together, which is frustrating. You know, two of the more creative players we've got, but it seemed like every time they got it, they got the ball the other night, they were looking for each other. And yeah. I, I think if we can kind of continue that or, or manage to try and get them in the same team alongside Alan and a, you know a, another person who can play at the bottom of a, a base of a midfield. Then I think I think we've got a real chance of beating Arsenal. I think we've got to go into that game and try and win it. Mm. Just looking back to Tottenham, that second goal, what a goal that was! I mean, the chemistry between them. Seamus Coleman came on, he got straight involved. He looked like he was right up for it. Maybe even disappointed to not start the game. Such a great goal! I haven't seen the goal. Like that. I mean, possibly I have, but nothing springs to mind where it's such a great move and like one touch finish at the end of it as well. Can you imagine being in the Glad- Gladys Street for that? Yeah, yeah, and and. Again, it's it's been coming. Um, you know, for me, I, I, you know, the listeners will know. I, I, we don't we don't see we don't see the best of Gilfie Sigurdsson very often, and, and I don't think we've seen the best of a lot of our attacking players at times. Maybe it's used to the style of play, um, but at times it's just been down to the fact that they're just not really um, <coughs> they're not really playing well, they're not playing well enough together. But that that was a great game, as you say. It's always good to see you. Your players combine like that, isn't it? Um, yeah. And, it, and it, it was a really good goal. It's one of the best goals that we've scored this season. But yeah. um, it reminds me a little bit of um, Osman's goal Osman, against Larissa in, in, in the uh, Europa League. Yeah. yeah, it was like a one-touch build-up, and they, they couldn't cope with it. And it's like finish. a volley at the end, wasn't yeah, it? brilliant. I mean, the, re- the reason I've brought that back in, even though you ended with Arsenal, is I think there's questions posed now of who plays because Josh King came on and done well. Seamus Coleman came on and done well. We've got some of the Calvert Lewin back. The centre halves had a bit of a nightmare. How do you set us up on Friday? Um, I, I think I, I think again because I was disappointed to not see Seamus Coleman start the game. Yeah. I think he definitely starts against Arsenal. Um, I think I think um, for me, it's probably it's probably Michael Keane that makes way, and 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 Godfrey goes centre back with Hull. I mean, you could blame you could blame either for both goals. I think mm-hmm. it was clearly. They just didn't play well together. They were not communicating well yeah. enough together. So I think they've got to be split up. Um, in the interest of us dealing with a lot of their pace, I would probably go with with Holgate and Godfrey. But it wouldn't offend me too much if it was Keane and Godfrey. I think I think they've just got to be split up. Mm. Um, Between midfield three, midfield Alan one hundred percent. Yeah, Alan yeah, Sigurdsson one hundred percent. Yeah, and and I would probably be tempted to go with with Tom Davies alongside Alan, <laughs> just because it would give Sigurdsson the freedom to. to you know, to pick up where he left off, if you like, and try and link up a little bit more with Hannes Rodriguez. And then, for me, it's it's, it's obviously got to be Calvert-Lewin and, and Richarlison. Okay. Prediction? I'm going to go 3-2. I think it'll be a, I think it'll be an open game. I think they're going to look to go and win the game, to go and dominate the, the game. Um, I do think there'll be goals in it. I think with our, if we do play two more attacking full-backs, I definitely think there's going to be goals at both ends that I fancy us to, to, to nick it. Okay, um, 3-1 Everton, go and smash them, smash them, get out of our league yeah. Arsenal, take Liverpool with you. <laughs> Teddy, yeah. I know you said the Leeds game, you were a bit withdrawn from it, but 1-1 at Leeds, again, we don't know what we're playing for now in this league, but what you did, watch of it, good performance? Um, <clears throat> I don't know really, I mean, I think... <laughs> First half was a good performance, you know, we... we we came out and we we really, we done to Leeds what Leeds have been doing to everyone else. We yeah. proper took the game to them. We, we pressed yeah. them high. We we looked more like the old Liverpool the last few years. 
Um, and we've done it really well, and we, we created quite a lot of opportunities. We probably should have been more than the goal up, that, that you know, that come the come the break. Um, second half started in a similar fashion, but then we just dropped off. The intensity dropped off. The the their their intensity heightened. Was that them or was that you? I, I think it was a bit both. of both. To be fair, um, you know, credit to Leeds. They they definitely came back into the game. And they definitely took the game to us. But again, our our, our intensity definitely definitely dropped off as well. Um, probably come full time it's probably a fair result um, but it was a wasted wasted opportunity for us as we've had so many times this season and that, that that I mean that's that's the strange aspect of it because obviously we had results go our way and stuff and it was you know you're looking at it thinking this is a good opportunity for us here to sort of you know get some points on the board and, and close that gap to top four and you go and we've ended up in the top four we don't yeah, we went into that weekend thinking you know like there's a good opportunity here sort of thing and then like the reason why I said I was like withdrawing from it is because that was there until all the news came out and then once that news all came out I was watching that game but I couldn't even focus on it I was like so I had my mind I was thinking what are we playing for yeah, it was like, like what's the point do you yeah, know, do you know it was what? almost like I, I don't get it now I'm lost I, I, what's the what's the what's, why do you want for half what is it like, I, what? Almost, I almost felt that in your second half performance I think there was an element of in the first half your players being angry you know about yeah. the whole situation and I kind of determined to say, well, FUs, this is this is still us. We're still the ones who are having to go out and and perform every week. And and I think they were angered about the whole thing of the t-shirts. Have to wear those t-shirts. Yeah. I think there was a degree of like, and I almost felt like it just took it out of them. Like yeah. you just put so much into that first half. Like, like a record or something with the most the most entries into the the opposing box and stats have started. So he's absolutely pounds of them in that first half. And it was like you just got punched, you know, punched. Yeah, just punched out. Punched out in the end, yeah. yeah. Uh, and but, um, so, I don't know, it was just, uh, as I say, I was watching it, but I was detached from it. And I was texting my dad and he was like going on. He was like, I'm not right into this referee. And I'm almost like, I haven't even noticed. You know, like what, mm-hmm. after. I'm, so it was really, really strange, like watching the game. But Do you feel I, the same for Newcastle on Saturday? You're not looking forward to that or you don't know yet? Yeah, I just don't. I don't know. I don't know. I'm. I'm I don't know because it, it's, it's sort of like we're, we're still waiting to for something else to come out. Yeah. Not not just it still be this and still be everyone just kicking off all the time. We want something else to be said now, so that we know what what's going to be the next steps. Is it they're just pushing ahead with it? Is it okay? We'll rethink and have a have a have a you know have discussions. Yeah. Is it, we just don't know what what does no, we what don't are we playing for? What are we playing for? Who do we play? Who's fit? None of that's in your minds. Like you know. No, because it, it, is it yacht as a three? You're, I don't you're know. Thinking that? I, I haven't even thought about it once because it's almost as Gary said. We're waiting. It's like your, your entire focus is on something else now, and it's yeah. like what? Tell us what's happening. Like let us know what's happening because we haven't got a clue what's going on. You know, um, we've been all about trying to get this top four place that look beyond us because we, you know, we our seasons just took a proper downfall <laughs> since Jan, and it was within touching distance. And now you know we blew a bit of an opportunity there. We should be looking at this game going, like, we've got to make this count now. But it's gone. That sort of, like... <laughs> so it, it's hard to, to look ahead to it and focus on it and think, who's going to play? Like, what lineup would you go with? Because it's like... I don't know. I, I can't... Yeah. It, I'm struggling I, to put I it probably, in words. I probably don't find... I don't feel quite as strongly as what Terry's it does there. I'm still... You know, last night I was, I was still off the couch cheering for when we scored and I was still effing and blind and when, when yeah. Leeds equalised you know I was still disappointed and stuff but 
I understand where he's come from because I still had a little bit of that jaw in the game, and we were we were still all messaging in the WhatsApp about yeah. you know about yeah. everything. So we were still, I was still distracted. But yeah, come come Saturday when we play Newcastle, I'll still be you know I'll still be fully involved in the game. I'll still be watching. I'll still be absolutely wanting us to win. Mm. None of this where I've heard other other fans like I want us to get beat now. No, that's not. But well, that's I'm the thing. You know, and, and, I'm supporting the players. Well, exactly. I'm supporting and your club. manager. I'm not um, supporting FSG and, exactly. and their proposals. I'm supporting yeah. Liverpool on the pitch, and that'll never change for me. The big thing on yeah. Saturday as well, it, it's it's on, it's live on twelve thirty. I think the visual of no banners in the cop, and the potential of maybe banners outside the ground against the owners, and if maybe some supporters try and turn up like some of the leads, I think that that will be the attention on on even the TV company who broadcast it. Yeah, and listen, and Sky will broadcast it. They'll make they'll make sure that that's front and center because, like we were saying before, you know they've got a product to. To, that they're wedded to, that you know they want to protect, and it, you know every little helps almost in their minds, doesn't it? So, you know, you will see all that. that and what Gary so said is the key bit because, and I think that's a bit that's making me feel a bit weird is that it isn't the players' fault, it isn't Klopp's fault. To be you honest, want to follow the, the team and support the the, the team and, and you know the ones who are wearing the shirts, but then you know them players and the the coach got booed arriving at Leeds. What mm. to do with them? Yeah, and for me, I don't want any of that outside Anfield. No, from I our don't fans. either. I, can, I can't see that happen. I mean, there, there will be your fans protesting, but I don't think. I think that because of what was said by Klopp and 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 by Milner last night, I think it'd be opposite. I think the players. What I be. yeah, what I, what I'm thinking is, if there's a big gathering outside the grounds and it's the protest against this this new league and the the FSG and all that. <laughs> Then fine, that that's great, and you know by all means that I'd I'd back that myself. But as soon as that coach turns up, and as soon as them players can see that crowd get behind them players, I've, I've seen I've them. seen tweets on our social media where fans are saying that that yeah. whoever's going down to the ground on Saturday, you have to get behind them. Yeah, well once that, they're well there, once coach. they're in view, and once yeah. they're going past the, the crowd, then the names are getting sang, the songs are getting sang. That you know, it's all it's all support for the team and for the the you know Klopp mm. and the coaches and. All that's got it's gotta be the main the main focus. And then then get back to the, the protest against against FSG and against this just, new league. Just briefly on the on the, the, the tactical side of things, just to just to go back to the to the Leeds game briefly. Fabino back in defence. Um obviously in the first half you were on top and I don't think it was really <coughs> it really mattered to a certain extent because you you had so much domination in their final third. It was noticeable they were kind of just passing by your midfield in, in the second half. Does he have to be back into midfield again? Because for me, you would say again, so, yeah. But he obviously doesn't doesn't trust Davis, does he? Davis was on the bench there. Reece Williams as well, yeah. Yeah, sorry to interrupt. We are recording live on on Tuesday. Um, Dan Rowan, respected journalist, is saying breaking news. He understands Chelsea are preparing documentation to withdraw from the ESL. That's not confirmed, but Dan Rowan is a very respected journalist. It's and BBC, he's breaking it? now. Uh, there's a video of Petr Cech going outside Stamford Bridge to talk to the Chelsea fans who are protesting down there. Chelsea look to be the first one to buckle. And like we said before, if if what we suspected was, was true from the Daily Mail, Chelsea and City with the last two in probably be the first two out. Well, it just shows that it might not happen, doesn't it? This, this, it's not set in stone. If if one team pull out, what does that do to? But the thing is, even if it doesn't happen, football's changed. Yeah, and things are going to change, and it it will never be the same. So it it 
can take finish second in our league, Millsy. You <laughs> 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 still want to get in the Champions League. We'll still finish week. fifth. <laughs> yeah, see see Millsy's shoulders slumping here because <laughs> the league title's slipping away from already. Um, no, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it develops. But to answer Judgy's question, I mean, you know, on the Fabinho point, it, I don't know. It, 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 times if you do and times if you don't. Yeah, it's, it, it, it doesn't seem like the midfield's capable without some steel in there. I don't know whether it's a... You know, I don't know what it is—a a, a mentality thing now or what, but or whether some the likes are like you know, Wijnaldum's checked out and in his mind he knows he's leaving or what. It doesn't feel like it's it's the same sort of steel if he, him or and or Henderson aren't there. And the second that he's in that defence, you know what I mean? We, we we lose that, and it and it it does impact us. It impacts us massively, doesn't it? And whether again, it, like like I started by saying there, he obviously doesn't trust the others though. What who are there? Does he? You know, Davis was on the bench there last yeah. night and didn't get a look in. No, Reese Williams is, is still knocking about. He he didn't get a look in. He still preferred to go for being off the back. So, you know, if Nat Phillips isn't going to be fit, and I, I think is it a hamstring injury, so he's not likely like to be that, fit. Yeah. Um, I think you're probably looking for being staying in the in the defence. It's it's just madness though, isn't it, the Davis thing? Because you you know you've got a natural left sided centre back there. He's a left footer. Kabak isn't naturally a left sided centre back, and. You know, must be dreadful, mustn't he? he well, must I just can't so see how he can be so bad though if he's like being one of the better players in the champ- better defenders in the championship for so long. I mean, he's a he's a bit of a stickler for like kind of not pe- putting players in the team for a while or certain players in the team yeah. for a while, isn't he? Klopp obviously he hasn't done that with Kabak. He, he's, Kabak, he's felt that Kabak was ready straight away somehow, but uh, Davies, <laughs> he's either Bizarre, dreadful or like or whether it's a fitness thing, I don't know, but. To him, not even as we've had like ten minutes on occasion, you know, when like yeah, because yeah, if it was a fitness thing, that he'd be getting them minutes, wouldn't he? Yeah, and you'd be you'd maybe thinking certain games. Oh yeah, throw him on now so we can put Fabinho back into midfield. And I almost it on. almost feels like they've got him, they bought him, they've thought we've signed an absolute dud here who can never play in that team because if he plays, we won't get any money yeah, for that's him. It, yeah, so it's, it's like keep get, him on the bench, and then in the summer we'll be able to flog him for someone on the back of what he's done in the championship, mm. and we yeah, might get it. some money back. He's, he's all panicked into it, weren't you? Because it was we, we were doing a podcast when you signed him. It was like the last day of the window or something where I think he had, he had the bad result again. Yeah, on We've been panicked into playing Nat Phillips, who was about the ninetieth <coughs> choice or something at the time. You know, we've been panicked into playing Reese Williams, who was about twelve. You know, I, I don't. The, the being panicked into it with Davis is not an excuse because he's on the bench. It's like and other others are having are having a go. I think if Billy Cumetio was being fit, he probably would have had to go before Davis. It's bizarre. It's I don't know. Can't, I can't can't really explain it. I don't know. Um, <laughs> prediction for Liverpool v Newcastle on Saturday. Um, Gary, you obviously still care. You've said it. You've said yeah, you still know, care. Um, I'll go. See, they're they're start they're starting to fight for their lives a bit now, aren't they, Newcastle? And they picked up a decent result there last week. I still think we'll beat them though. Five 0 <laughs> You know what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for a classic four three. Ah yeah. Four three Liverpool. Nah, I classic <laughs> Liverpool Newcastle scores. I'm gonna say Liverpool win, but I think it'll be three one. Three one. Yeah. Just on the higher alone, I was I, I did have something prepared for this week, but we probably passed it. It, it, it was um I mean I can quickly throw it in. Quick, quick, best of I'm three. Up for, I'm up I'm, for a higher or lower. Best of three. It, I tried to make it slightly topical to what we were discussing at the start. So you, I've got the greediest club. <laughs> <laughs> higher or lower. I can't find it. Where is it? Yeah. So I've got up the the all time Premier League table. So this is basically the the amount of points goals accumulated by teams since the formation of the Premier League. Okay. So I'm going to give you um, 
a point. I'm going to give you a point total. And then you've got to tell me whether it's higher or lower. So I'll give you the team, a, a point total, higher or lower. Okay, I'll give you, first of all, Newcastle United. Okay, so they, they were positioned eighth in the all-time Premier League table. What's eighth? Eighth, Newcastle United. That's one good season. So, so years out the league. I'm going to give you 1,400 <laughs> points higher or lower, Newcastle United. Who's playing who are you? How are you going to begin to... It's like the real prem. No one knows who's playing. You know what? We'll just The Reds can have an answer. Millsy can have an answer. There's no real, like, you know, there's no preference to Everton or Pulley, is that? <laughs> Where did you begin to start? Um, Fourteen hundred points. T- tell you what, Newcastle. Newcastle. I'll, 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 we go okay. with that. All right, sounds. Fourteen hundred points, Newcastle. I'm saying lower. I'm going lower as well. You're both correct. Thirteen hundred and fifty-one points. Newcastle have amounted or surmounted nine hundred and ninety games in the Premier League. So obviously they were relegated for a few seasons, but still, Good. they've still managed eighth, thirteen hundred and fifty-one points. Okay, um, I'm not going to tell you the position of the next team because it might give it away too much. In fact, I can do yeah. So I'm going to go with next. We'll go Southampton. Okay, Southampton were eleventh or eleventh in the table. I'm going to give you a thousand points, higher or lower, Southampton. I reckon they probably spent at least six or seven yeah. seasons out. Maybe even more than that. Maybe eight years, eight seasons out out of what? Probably what slightly twenty lower. years, roughly. Um, so a thousand, a thousand points is what over. So have they had ten, ten years in the prem? I reckon ten to twelve years in the prem. So. The, it's twenty nine years. The yeah, they're not getting eight. They're not getting eight. They must have been more than that then because they're not. To be near that, the near that, because he's given that number. Yeah. And that's the 80 to 100 points a season. It's not happening. Yeah, slightly lower. <coughs> Millsy. Higher. Well done, Millsy, playing the game. Come on, you blues. 1,016 points. They, 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 it looks like they've had four seasons less than Newcastle, 841 games. Okay, I'm going to go all the way up to sixth place in the league, and it's Everton. Okay, I'll, I'll go to Millsy and uh, sorry, I'll go to you two first because Millsy might have a bit of a rationale behind the answer for this one. So I'm going to give you 1500 points. Lower. <laughs> <laughs> so good, 1500. So, it's, so I'm going I'm to ask Gary and Terry for their answer first. What's the biggest one? 1500. Oh, they've had some low scoring seasons. Yeah. A few nearly relegated seasons. Not many very high ones either. Probably. More even, recent even, years. Even your best season, like the one you finished fourth, you probably only had 60-odd points, 70 We're points. We're in the 29th tops. season of the Premier League. Yeah, so it's, so call it, rough, what is it, roughly 30 years, the Premier League being going, so you, you're talking there, aren't you? 50 points a season. 1,500. Give or take, so. And I think your best seasons are probably only 10... 20 points at best higher than that so I'm going to say lower 70 points wow that was in some season I think we nearly won the league at 70 points when, when you came forth I don't know how far behind the leaders you were but there's been some some seasons where a the Prem has been won that were only like way. 80 odd points sound yeah no you know fair enough I mean? so, so what are you saying lower lower there was a constant spell under Moyes of always knowing that you were 5th or 6th and that's that's a decent amount of points considering it was like Tottenham and Villa were good at the time it's not like it was it's like 55 60 points finish with, with, never been relegated which says it's not 
if any, it's never lower than 40. If it is, it's one or two. I'm going higher. Very close. One, five, two, five. Ooh, Please Marginally above, okay, yeah. Just to, just for interest, um, we'll go with Liverpool. So you got a chance to tie it. Just to, just to make your week, just, just to make your week slightly <laughs> better. Okay, so Liverpool are in fourth place. In, in the, Always in the, the Champions League. All-time Premier League table. Okay, and the total I'm going to give you is 2,000 points. Higher or lower? Just out of pure, pure adamant, I'm just going higher. <laughs> don't even want to work it out, I'm just going higher. To fight. to quick anyway, Millsy. Yeah. Go on, we'll go higher. There's no way you've given higher, lower. It couldn't have been any more marginal. 2001. <laughs> 2001 last night's point put you at about 2000 <laughs> there you go it's fine you up slightly to draw so we haven't had a draw have 2-2 no, no okay we'll leave it at that just out, just, just for everyone's uh, interest Man United were top with 2300 points Arsenal 2057 then Chelsea on 2051 Liverpool on 2001 then you've got Tottenham 1704 us 1525 Man City one five two four. <laughs> so we're very close. We've to got that in the good week, haven't you? Down to the very close. All, all that says to me is that you wanted the call for the elite six. Yeah, yeah, we're in the top six. Get City out of there. We're in. Oh, I think it's been a long show, a motive show. You can tell the Reds of oh. are here and by it, and rightly so. Us Blues, you know, it's going to affect us as well. I let the Reds end it, but Judge, one thing we didn't cover. I'm so proud of Everton's statement today. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, and even like the Red Men TV, I'm looking at there. They're saying forget rivalry. Brilliant. It's looking like things are going to change. The Chelsea team could not arrive in time for the game with Brighton due to the protests at Stamford Bridge. So Petr Cech's outside alive now, trying to calm them down. Petr things, Czech, things are changing. End it with you, Reds. Lethargic podcast, emotive podcast. How are you feeling after getting it all off your chest? Still plenty to come, but how are you feeling? I'm feeling energised, really, to be honest, a little bit. I'm flat flat in terms of what, you know, as, as a fan, it's a bit grim. And as I said, it, 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 it took me eye off the football side of it. But, you know, it depends on what, what happens and what the developments are. I don't know. I'm, I'm if, if, Slightly if, more optimistic yeah. after you telling me that breaking news. And yeah, exactly. So you know, and if 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 it does need Stay sort of energy from the fans Stay to get more things happening, now Chelsea's to leave proposed European Super League as soon as possible. Yeah, but there we go. So you know, that's that's a, a bit of a pick me up. I just hope that Liverpool, don't, as I said before, don't be the last man to come out and t- and you know and and the last one out turn the light out and say you know we were you know we were we were in it to the death sort of thing. I want us to sort of. Move and I, quickly, and I think it matters now. You know, for the PR sort of side of things as well. I think mm. you know you'll you'll see now. I think it might be like rats leaving the ship, and you you just don't want to be the last one, do you? Because you know it's it just it just looks murky, doesn't it? So yeah, but I'm a bit a bit happier news. I think yeah. Good. Okay. Thanks for listening, guys. The only place, as always, you can hear debate from both sides of Stanley Park. We hope that will continue for many many more years. Enjoy the weekend's football. We are back next Monday. See you then. 